are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. I want to tell you a story. For some of you, it's a story you've heard. I'll try to give different details. For some of you, it's brand new. I want to tell you the story of Two Lakes. Um, Nazarenes have been going to the community just two and a half miles north of us for years and serving the people in the Two Lakes community. Um, a group of people from Southern Nazarene of U- University, other Nazarenes in the area. But eight years ago, they came to us and said, um, as a church at BFC, would you consider maybe placing a pastor at Two Lakes on Wednesday when clients are coming to be served at the food pantry? I began to pray about it. And in all of that time frame, I had a breakfast with Pastor Thaddeus Black, who prayed for us a moment ago. And um, by the way, when Thaddeus is in the house, it's just a better day. I'm just telling you. And uh, one day, Thaddeus has this incredible story of God's transformation in his life. Although he spent 11 years in prison, Jesus miraculously and powerfully changed his life. And uh, I, I love the way Thaddeus says it. He says, I used to sell dope, but now I'm selling hope, you know. And we drove down to Two Lakes one day and we sat in the car and I told Thaddeus, this is a food pantry and they would love to have a pastor here on Wednesdays all day. Would you pray about maybe not going to your full-time job on Wednesdays? And, and just being in the pantry all day Wednesday, just put your arms around people, love on them, pray for them, be a pastor to them. And that worked out. Not long after that, Thaddeus began leading, Thaddeus began leading a, a Bible study on Wednesday afternoon. And, and then not long after that, he began leading a Bible study on Sunday morning with just a handful of people. But that Sunday morning handful of people grew into more and more and more people And out of that, a church was born. So Thaddeus and I talk often about the fact that this is not a a food pantry that is connected to a church. We are a church first sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in every respect. But we also serve the people in the community as a church by the service of the food pantry and the food center. So I know that I could use words. My words are always inadequate. I thought I would bring pictures. When I say a church, I'm talking about a church like this, a church where there's worship every Sunday morning. The young lady here is Larissa. Larissa began going to Two Lakes Church as a teenager right after Thaddeus began holding services. Could I tell you today that last spring, Larissa graduated from Southern Nazarene University. And today... Larissa is back in her home church serving as the worship leader. She'll be with us in our second service singing today. The Word of God is preached every Sunday by Pastor Thaddeus in that congregation. Um, The next picture is James Udo. James is the youth director at Two Lakes Community Church. This is a place where people are prayed for, as you can see James praying for a young man. It's, It's a place where people feel welcomed, as you can see in the next slide. It's you belong here. They, they, they live like this. It's open arms. Everybody is welcomed. Everybody is asked to be a part of the church. I, I, love, I love it 
also that it's a place where baptisms are celebrated and changed lives are the norm of the day. And so it's a church who first and foremost share the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ, inviting people into life and light. But this next picture makes my heart full. <laughs> the reason it makes my heart full is I imagine a person who walks into this food center knowing there's not enough food in their home and realizing that there's enough food on these shelves to take care of their family. God gave us a wonderful gift in just the last several months of Connie Nance, who is the director of this food center, and it serves 150 families regularly. We're very thankful for it. You also know the story that a few years ago, God put on the heart of Kim Bryan. You heard her speak a moment ago. A desire, a calling to start a free medical clinic. Here's a picture of some of the staff and volunteer docs who are helping out at our clinic. The next picture is the waiting room. You can see it's an incredible clinic. God has opened doors here that we can't even begin to fathom. Another picture of staff and volunteers who are serving. This is a, this is a well-run and operated healthcare facility. Um, it's just amazing. The, the last picture I love because it really says something about who we are at Two Lakes. We're a church, first and foremost, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ that also serves our friends in the community and in that neighborhood with a food center, a pantry, and, and a medical clinic. It's not the end of our story, though, because there are right now two brand new initiatives to serve the community we have just received. A life-changing, overwhelming grant, generous grant from a group here in this community to start a youth mentoring program, which we believe God is leading us to do, called Emerge. We understand the need of coming along beside young people in this community and investing large amounts of time with them to mentor them, to lead them, to guide them, and to disciple them in their faith. A second new initiative is a mental health clinic. So God gave us this beautiful building. Many of you have walked through it where our health clinic is now housed. And Terry Cobb will become the director of that mental health clinic, which is so desperately needed. We're so thankful that God is opening these doors. When we think about the church and then we think about these ministries like the food center and the health clinic and the Emerge Youth Mentoring Program that Courtney Garrett, who you heard speak a moment ago, and James Udo, our youth director, and Pastor Thaddeus are working to get off the ground. And then the mental health clinic that Pastor Terry Cobb is bringing up and directing. We, we call all of those things our neighborhood ministries. I love the word neighborhood ministries. Judy Akins is the Director of Neighborhood Ministries. Courtney Garrett is the Associate Director of Neighborhood Ministries. But in those ministries, God has given us partners. So you might say, Rick, I don't fully understand. I hear about Two Lakes. I hear about BFC. Um, you know, are, are they two different groups? In reality, we're one. 
BFC is Two Lakes. Two Lakes is BFC. Uh, we, are, we are blessed here at Bethany First Church to be able to be so intertwined with this ministry. They are an affiliated church, a sister congregation. We are all on one staff. We are, in essence, one church. And God has allowed us the gift of serving this community. And he's given us partners, partners we never dreamed we would have, generous partners who are coming along beside us, realizing the need to minister in this community. You might say, why Two Lakes? Why that community? And I can tell you why Two Lakes. It's because the community of Two Lakes faces challenges many other communities in our society do not face. Challenges like food insufficiency. Challenges like lack of medical care and lack of access to mental health care. And, and that list goes on and on and on. And so when I think about communities or neighborhoods like Two Lakes, I think the same thing I think about when I think about communities like Bethany, where our church is located. I, I think the same thing that I think about neighborhoods like the neighborhood that I live in. I, I think the same thing about neighborhoods like the neighborhood you live in. In fact, I think the same thing about every neighborhood in this United States of America and neighborhoods all around the world. Every neighborhood needs Jesus. Every neighborhood needs the help of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus, the power of Jesus. And if you agree with me and by what I'm hearing, I think you do, then I've got some really, really good news to share with you. And all I'm going to do in this moment is just quote you scripture word for word, okay? If you believe like I do that every community needs Jesus, then I've got some good news for you. And I'm quoting you from the message this morning. Here we go. The word, meaning Jesus, became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Can I get a witness in the house this morning? Yeah. If every neighborhood needs Jesus, then I just want to tell you that Jesus has moved into the neighborhood. It comes from John's gospel, the prologue, the first 18 verses, that God loved us enough to come into our neighborhood and live among us. God loved us enough to come to us. And I want to read to you sections of that prologue this morning. I'm going to start with chapter 1, verse 1. Okay, so here we go. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. He begins with these words, in the beginning. Do you remember those words anywhere else in the Bible? In the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And what John is doing is a reprise, a retelling of the creation story. He says it like this, in the beginning was the word. You realize that John is writing to everybody, both Jews and Greeks. And he chooses a very specific word, logos, in the Greek that we translate word. In Greek philosophy, logos was that which ordered the universe. So think with me like this. 
They said everything in the world and the universe is in constant motion. Go outside in the midst of nature. Everything is moving. The sun is moving over the earth from morning to evening. The clouds are moving. The wind is blowing. Grass and fields and trees and plants are growing. The rivers are running. One of their philosophers said you cannot put your foot in the same river twice. When you put your foot in and take it out and you put it back in, everything has changed. Everything is moving. The world is in motion and therefore it should be in chaos, but it's not. There is order. And Greek philosophy said that is logos. And John said, let me tell you about something you've been talking about for 500 years. In the beginning was the logos and the logos was with God. And the logos was God. He was with God. He, that sounds like a person. He was with God in the beginning. And now we've finished the creation. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. When you get to verse 14 of the prologue, here's what he says. The word, the logos became flesh, became a human being, a person, and made his dwelling among us, moved into the neighborhood. And finally, in verse 17, he identifies who the Logos is. He gives us his name. Grace and truth came through. I'm talking, folks, this morning about Jesus Christ, the man. Yeah. And so John answers a pivotal question in all of life. Who is Jesus? And John says Jesus is who holds the world together. Jesus is who created all of these things. Jesus is God who moved into the neighborhood. I was in a staff meeting a few weeks ago with our pastors and directors on a Monday morning early. And they shared with me something that I had not heard about. It had happened just a few days before. Our volunteers were in the pantry preparing everything in the food center for clients to come in. And all of a sudden they heard, this is at Two Lakes, five or six, pop, 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 pop. It was gunfire. If you walked outside the door of the food center and you look to your right, just a couple of hundred yards away. It was commotion. It was a drive-by shooting. A little girl was shot in the leg by a stray bullet. I remember a few years ago, Thaddeus opening the door to the pantry one morning, and he heard just on the street, just down from him, that same sound. A man was shot down in the street. I, I sat there in that meeting that Monday morning, and I looked over at James Udo, our youth director at the church. I looked over at Thaddeus, and, and I said, what, what can we do as a church? How, how can we help you? Your world is not like my world. 
The neighborhood you're serving in faces challenges my neighborhood is not facing. What can we do to empower you? What can we do to encourage you? What can we do to come alongside you? What can we do to build you up for the task that God's called you to? And what happened to me that morning was I was reminded of a very real truth that I dislike very much. And that truth is that something is wrong, something is terribly wrong, something is bad wrong. There is great darkness in this world. That is what John confronts in the first chapter of his gospel. I'm reminded of Paul's words in Ephesians chapter six where he says, you understand that this battle is not against flesh and blood but it's against the authorities and the powers and the rulers of this dark world. There is darkness in this world. The spiritual forces of evil is how he refers to it. But everything, everything that I read in John 1, where he talks about Jesus, Everything that he shares is about light, and it's about life. It's the opposite of darkness and death. Everything that John says about Jesus is all about light, and it's all about life. It's all about what Jesus can bring. Jesus himself actually said these words, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will no longer stay in darkness. Let me give you the words from the prologue again, okay? These are, these are from John. He says, the true light that gives light to who? You need to remember that. There's going to be a quiz, okay? The true light that gives light to who? Was coming into the world. Look what he says in verses 4 and 5 now. In him was life, and that life was the light of, what does he say in relation to mankind? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It's good news. It simply says this, that, that this light that Jesus is bringing, this saving light is for who? Everyone. And, and for what in relationship to mankind does he say? All mankind, right? And it's how Two Lakes ministers. I could tell you, but I think I'll show you. It looks a lot like this. They live with their arms open. Everybody can walk through these doors. Everybody's welcome here. Come and be a part. Come and share the life and the light that Jesus brings. We want you to know what Jesus is all about. John is a realist. And he doesn't deny that darkness exists in the world. But here's what he says. The light in the Greek present tense shines. He didn't say the light used to shine. <laughs> he didn't say the light once shined. <laughs> he says the light shines. It keeps on shining. It keeps on bringing life to people. Yeah. 
I was sitting at a table a few days ago with some staff and volunteers at Two Lakes, and I told them, on Sunday, I believe that I should preach about light and life. And one individual said to me, people who come to the clinic and to the pantry and to the church and to the mental health clinic, they find light and they find life. You know, there was an occasion where Jesus was having a conversation with his disciples. And there's this one disciple whose name was Philip. And, And Philip says to Jesus, in the midst of all of this talk about Jesus going away and they'll come later, Philip says, almost like an interruption. You you know what I wish? Um, I want you to show us what God's like. He actually said it this way. Jesus, would you show us the Father? I mean, if if there's something I want to know, I want to know what God's really like. Do you remember what Jesus says to Philip? Philip, have I been with you all of this time? And you don't know what God's like? And then he says this. Philip, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen God. And so here's what I think Jesus had in mind. I think he was saying, essentially, Philip, do you remember the time they brought the lady who was caught in adultery and they threw at my feet? And they all had stones, and they were ready to stone her to death. Do you remember when I got down and I rode in the dirt, and then I said to all of those people with the stones in their hand, the one among you without sin, you cast the first stone. And do you remember how they all dropped their stones and walked away? And do you remember what I said to the lady? Go and leave your life of sin. Neither do I condemn you. Philip, that's what God's like. I I think he was saying, Philip, you remember when all the kids would come running to me and you guys tried to get them not to and told them, get the kids out of here. And I said, no, let them come. And I took the kids in my arms. Philip, that's what God's like. Philip, do you remember when the blind guys showed up wanting me to heal their eyes and I touched their eyes and they could see? Philip, that's what God's like. And one of my favorite preachers, Fred Craddock, said, and then Jesus picked up a cross and he started up a hill. And he said, Philip, this is what God is like, loving and touching and blessing and healing and caring, (laughs) loving. And that's where John ends the prologue with those words. Verse 18. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. It's called revelation. God sent his Son, Jesus, to show us what God is like. I think where we end up here is that there are two potential responses 
to Jesus. And I think this is it. You receive him or you reject him. Let me show you the scripture that gives us that. He came to those that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So, despite people rejecting Jesus, despite people loving sin and darkness more than light, despite our fallen nature, God can change the heart of a person. Today is Reformation Sunday. 1917, Martin Luther found himself at the door of the church in Wittenberg, Germany, nailing his 95 thesis to the door, calling out the corruption of the church, but reminding the world of a simple biblical truth that says, we are saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. It's not by works. No one can boast. Do you understand how you and I and millions and millions and millions of others have come into a right relationship with God? It's because Jesus came. It's because God took the initiative. God entered our world. God took on flesh. God moved into our neighborhood. God came to us. And he reached out to us and he offered us forgiveness. So I feel like there's a lot, a lot going on here today, but I cannot, I cannot walk away without realizing that the word of God has been preached. And, and God speaks to us through his word. And I have to challenge you individually to ask yourself a few questions. What is it that you believe about Jesus? Who is he? And what is the solution to sin and brokenness in our world? What is God like? And how is a person's sin dealt with? What do you believe? And then I would like to ask you what your role is in this salvation story. I would love for you to take out the card that you received when you came in this morning and just take a moment to look at it with me. Maybe you've had a chance to look at some of the pictures and maybe you've had a chance to uh, read some of the text that tells you about the ministry at Two Lakes. And on the right side, 
we'd ask you to pray about what your role might be. Every month, my wife Annette and I have a gift that comes out of our bank account. It's a recurring gift to support the ministry of Two Lakes. Look at my eyes. The ministry of Two Lakes is carried on the backs of generous givers. For some, it's $10 a month. For some, it's $100 a month. But the everyday operation, the load of this ministry is supported by generous recurring givers. And this morning, I would love for you to pray about. I would love for you to fill out the card and drop it in the connect box before you leave. We can give to this ministry. We can do something for compassionate ministry as a family. Whatever that monthly gift you can give. And of course, you know, I always say that if it's a, a deal where you say, I don't want to do recurring. I just want to give one $25,000 gift. We will accept that too. Or 50000 We'll accept that. I think last year I might have said 20000 I think somebody did it. So that's why I'm saying it again. <laughs> There's also a place for you to serve. We'd love to have you serve in this ministry. And in fact, we felt like maybe to kind of open your eyes a little more to the ministry. We wanted you to experience it. And so this morning... When you leave this service, we want you to go down the West Hallway. In fact, it's the only place in the building you could get coffee today. We're strategic in our planning. Go down the West Hallway and just kind of have a two lakes experience. Would you do that before you leave? If you'll do that, raise your hand, would you? I'm not seeing enough hands quite yet. I'm just going to sing another verse, Nick. It's still coming. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, for giving us this, this opportunity to serve. We love you. And we pray for the ministry to this community. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.